Hey guys, welcome back to the show. My name is Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. It feels like it's been a really long time since we talked to you guys because we were gone for Politicon this weekend, so there was no show on Monday, which some of you may have noticed, so it, it feels like it's been a while. Need to get back into the groove, but uh, we got a fun show. We have a... Uh, gosh, I don't want to say like a, an inappropriate show because we're we're not going to do anything or say anything we wouldn't usually. It's just the, the subject, especially yeah. the one we're starting on is... I, I would say viewer and, and listener discretion might be advised. Yeah. You know, uh, parental <laughs> advisory. This is not something I would want my eight-year-old kid to watch. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't even want to be watching it, though. No, I, I tried not to watch the video that yeah, we're covering. Yeah, that's true. I made you. So we're going to be starting off with a little bit of a conversation about bug sex. I mean that in the most literal terms. I'm sorry, everybody, but that's what it is. And just a, a general mulling over about what the people advice are trying to do to our society. Um, then Kanye West released his new gospel album, Jesus is King, this past weekend. Uh, then we're going to be talking about LGBT activists trying to shut down and protesting Megan Murphy's event in Toronto. And we're going to be finishing off the show with a Q&A from our, uh, I guess, super chat donors. Usually we save that to the after show, yeah. Once the stream is ended, but today we're going to be incorporating it into the main show. I'm, I've had people say that they can't catch the show live, but they would love to hear the Q&A. So we're going to be trying that today. We would love to hear your feedback about what you think of it. And for anyone who's giving us a question, we do ask that you, you know, you try to keep it family friendly here. Uh, we have amazing moderators who take care of most of it. But just uh, so you know, we, we will maybe be screening first before we read the questions out loud. And uh, yeah, I think that's it's going to be a good show. And before we get into it, I just want to quickly remind you guys, please like, share, subscribe. You know the drill. Helps us out a ton. Um, you can share this video on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, anywhere, everywhere helps. Uh, YouTube has not been kind to us lately. And uh, not only that, if you want to go the extra mile to support the show, you can, of course, always head on over to blazetv.com slash Lauren. Subscribe using the code Lauren. You save money on your annual subscription and... If you already have a subscription, but you're like, I want to do more to help these lovely people, uh, we have merch. You can head on over to shop.theblaze.com and, you know, lovely mugs. Yeah. And uh, we have shirts, hats, everything, and not just for our show, but for any other show that's on The Blaze. So, yeah, you know, we'd love to see you guys wearing our our, our cute tank tops with my name on it. Just gives me a thrill every time I see that. Uh, but, yeah, I think we can get into it now. So... Vice. We've done, I think, segments on Vice before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if we've done se dedicated segments, but we've talked about Vice before. They're trash. They're not as bad as like Teen Vogue. Yeah, which is but... strange because Teen Vogue is for teens, but you're right. Vice is not quite that bad. Um, the name right. says it all. Vice. That's, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, they've always been kind of edgy. They have a channel on YouTube that I am subscribed to just for, I don't know, content because it gives me a kick to see how crazy they can get. Recently, they went even further down the rabbit hole of depravity than I'd ever seen them go. They did a video exploring something called formicophilia. Sorry if I'm not saying that right, but what it is basically is having sexual relations with insects. Two insects? I don't know like how to describe this because it's not like it's another thing that's like participating. You're not you're not having relations with the insects. You're just doing things to insects. Apparently, yeah, this it's a real thing. Common enough, at least, that it has a name. And right. from the sounds of it, a community that shares this interest. Fetish, kink, I don't even know anymore. Um, we have a clip of that here. There's enormous diversity of reasons someone might do formicophilia play. I've talked to people for whom formicophilia is all about physical sensation. Um, and for them, it's just like, this is the best way to get this 
sensation that I want. Putting your penis into a container and then filling that container with earthworms. Uh, the worms will writhe and move in a way that provides an interesting and exciting physical sensation. I mean, I don't mean to be mean, but I feel like if there were a room of people, including that guy, and someone was like, hey, one of these people likes to have sex with bugs, guess who? I feel like I'd be, I'd be yeah, pretty inclined to guess that guy. That is very fair. And I have to commend him, actually, for his bravery, because he... Just this face is out there on the internet. Yeah, this is the this guy is my thing. That puts his genitals in boxes with worms. Yeah, but no, but that's you're commending him. I think that's a sign of just how bad this is. Because not only does this guy have sex with bugs, and it's like you know his dirty little secret or whatever, but he's actually he's not even ashamed of it, right? He's saying, yeah. "This is what I do. This is my thing. Not only am I going to tell you about how I do it, I think he calls himself like an educator. So he's like, I will, I will show you how to do this. Let's talk about, let's have a conversation about what I do. And I've been criticized like by leftists for using the term degeneracy a lot. And, yeah. you know, I use in the description of this video too, because um, apparently that's like a dog whistle. Oh, of I course. Keep, like degeneracy yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is a dog whistle. That's what the bad people say. And I didn't really get why that was. Because, and I was thinking about it, mulling it over. Um, and I think I understand it better because in the past, things like interracial marriage were considered degenerate, uh, which of course is... Is that what they called it? Yeah. Yeah. Or miscegenation. That's what that, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was considered degenerate. It's not... That's not a mainstream opinion now anymore. I'm not going to say that no one thinks that, but it's not mainstream. Um, it was never biblical to condemn interracial marriage, by the way. So just saying. But I think that because of things like that, the left has it in their mind that using the word degeneracy is a sign of bigotry in and of itself, even if the thing you're talking about is actually legitimate degeneracy. Yeah. Right, because all that word means is, I looked up the, the definition, degraded from the normal moral standard, right? That's all. So, I mean, even though we are a lot more liberal than we used to be as a society, I really don't think, or I would like to think we haven't reached the point yet where nothing should be considered taboo, where there's no moral standard right. at all. Um, so people like on Twitter have acted like I'm calling things like women wearing pants degenerate, uh, little girls wearing, or sorry, learning math is degenerate. The things, and I went through the video list, the things I've called degenerate include things like walking a red carpet with shirtless men on leashes, teaching minors about sex toys and anal sex, then teaching them how to get abortions, and also pedophiles. So if calling pedophiles degenerates is wrong, I'm sorry, I don't care to be right, all right? We should have at least some, some things are degenerate. We should be able to just yeah. come out and say that. One of those things I would say is having sex with bugs. I would agree with that, and it yeah. does say something about our society as a whole, the fact that it's it's not widely, you know, just rejected. Like, yeah. if, if this guy were to say this publicly, like, 100 years ago, things would not go well. No, he would I'm have not... been stoned by now or something. <laughs> like, like, I'm yeah, not even yeah. kidding. There would have been some... And we're not saying that that's what should happen. No. But, I... but there definitely should be, like, some serious, like, some serious backlash. Like, yeah, this is, people like, this should is, at like... least be, cons like, the fact that this guy is coming out and saying it is a problem, the fact that Vice was, like... This needs a video. Like, I mean, this person must have brought it to his editor. His editor must have been like, I see it. I see it and I like it. Like I, someone along this chain of like creativity, productivity probably should have said, you know what? I don't know if this needs to be part of the, the conversation we're bringing forward. And I mean, you could say that, oh, it's just journalistic 
curiosity right. and things like that. But I don't know if that's true. If you look at the history of Vice, which we're going to be getting into, it seems like they have a pretty solid pattern of just exploring the most depraved things you can possibly think of. Um, so... I know people don't always like the sort of like harsh condemnation, but I'm going to come out and say it. This guy's a pervert. Um, you know, having sex with bugs is degenerate. If we have any sort of notion of wrong or right left to society, we should be able to condemn this guy. And, and it's weird. Um, but, but don't worry, though, because as weird as this guy is, it's not like he's some kind of monster that doesn't care about consent. He's actually very concerned about consent. And part of this video about how he likes to have sex with the bugs includes a discussion about whether bugs can even consent because of course that's a thing and we have that clip as well. There are definitely folks who have concerns around consent. I don't worry over much about issues of consent if I'm talking about a maggot um, because that maggot has no higher reasoning uh, or thought process really of any kind. Um, I very much don't feel that way about say my dog. My dog clearly is capable of making decisions and doing what she does or doesn't want to do. Uh, and thus, her consent is important, which is one of a myriad reasons why I would not have sex with my dog. I love how he distinguishes between having sex with bugs and having sex with his dog. Which he would never do. Uh, like, as if, like, come on, yeah, like, dogs? Come on. No, like, what, what do you think? You think I'm some sort of, like, a monster? You think I'm some sort of psychopath? I I'm mean, like, bugs, that. for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, absolutely. Like, count me in, but dogs? No, no. Like, I, I'm not some kind of deviant. I am glad he takes the dog's consent into consideration. Yeah. But I'd also wager that, you know, despite him being a saint, that that dog <laughs> has eaten far more peanut butter than most other dogs. That's, that would just be, I would be willing yeah, to take that gamble. You I, know? like, the, the fact that you're even bringing this up in conversation, like, let me, let me explain to you why I'm morally superior, for example, than someone who would have sex with a dog because I have clear standards. Like, don't, don't be crazy. Yeah. Um, and like, and I, and I know, like, kink shaming is a thing that we're not supposed to do in this society. But like, look, it's not like this guy is just into feet. Or something, you know, I mean, which is like comparatively pretty harmless. It's not like he just right. has a thing for lingerie, like, or, or you know, has yellow fevers into Asian chicks. Like this, the, we don't have a clip of it, but in the video, if you watch the whole thing, I don't advise you to do it. But if you have a morbid curiosity, like I guess I do, you can find it on Vice's YouTube channel. Um, he describes people putting bugs up their urethra. No, 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 no. okay. Yeah, that's so. Good. That's good, yeah. I mean, that's not even healthy for you to do. Like, I don't mean psychologically, but physically, that I mean, must not how, be a good thing to do. This I mean, is I'm how STIs. But um, like, like this is how some sort of mega new AIDS is gonna be. Formed. Right, exactly. Yeah, and you know some what? Some sort of curse upon us for entertaining this. And he would have earned it. You yeah. know that is you know. Yeah, I mean, like this, like this is bestiality. He might say, "Hey, at least it's not people dog bestiality." But this is this is still un unbelievable. It's even, it's even worse because like a, a dog can run away from you. He's he's like fully abusing these. He's the yeah, ultimate these... incel. He's 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 like such a creative incel. I have to say where yeah. he's he's figured out a way out of this problem of animals and humans consenting to him. Yeah, he's now use... found an organism that doesn't have to consent to him. Yeah, and and there you go. So he you says. Know? Although I'm sure the I'm sure the worms still don't like it. Oh, I know they yeah. don't have a lot going on in terms of cognitive function, but I feel like you don't have to have much to know. The position in, in a jar with that guy's genitals is not good. I don't know. I'm going to say it. And, uh, I, I, you, know, you know, when we've talked about things like pedophilia before on this show, uh, I, you know, there have been people saying it's not their fault. They can't control it, assuming that they don't actually touch kids. Um, but here's something. If I were in this guy's position, hypothetical, big major if, 
and I thought I might be attracted to bugs or I, I don't even really fully understand is he attracted to the bugs? Is it just the sensation? I don't even know. I don't care to find out. Um, I still wouldn't actually do it. I don't think. And even if I did do it, I, I sure as heck wouldn't go and talk about it after or like try to tell other people to try and do it as well. Um, I've said it before. I think we need more shame in our culture. I think we've reached a point where it's like we don't even know what we should be ashamed of anymore. Like not only do we do bad things, but we have to celebrate the bad things that we do. And it's like, I, I am fully capable of admitting that not everything I do is good. For example, um, we were at Politicon this weekend. I was feeling a little bit burnt out, kind of sick. So we got home really, really late Sunday night. Um, Monday and Tuesday, I did not change out of pajamas at all. I didn't leave the house. She's still in pajama bottoms. Actually. I am still in Just pajama so you know. bottles, pajama bottoms. Um, you know, I didn't leave the house today either, but obviously I have to film. So I, I, I'm, I'm doing the news mullet. I'm closed. For, oh, I'm, pajamas are still closed, but Floor, yeah. Like it's a very bright flannel. It's not flannel. It's everyone. fuzzy. It's fuzzy. different. Okay. But anyway, yeah. So I know that's degenerate. That's not good. And I'm able to say that and I admit that I should be better. I, I, that's the thing. If you're going to be the guy that has sex with bugs, at least be ashamed about it. At least have, I don't know, the wherewithal, the self-awareness to admit like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty screwed up. Something, something's not right here, which apparently this guy does not have, which Vice does not have. And, you know, speaking of Vice, because although they are not the, the ones in this case that is screwing the bugs, uh, if you will, they are the people who are delivering this message to us. So I mm. feel like we need to address them. Um, this bug sex thing is the most shocking example of it for sure. But what we see from Vice and like you said, other outlets like Teen Vogue, most infamously, is I think the attempt to chip away continuously at literally any moral standard that yeah. our culture used to have. Absolutely. All um, progressivism is good. Yeah, exactly. Right? Just as long as we're doing things we didn't used to, right? I mean, I think their their mentality is that, you know, in the past we had some boundaries or, um, you know, taboos that were broken for the betterment of society. Therefore, every taboo needs to be broken for the betterment of society is, I think, where, where they're coming from. So we have more examples of vices, degeneracy. Here we have uh, this one article that we have an excerpt of, of them essentially arguing against the idea that abortion should be rare. It's from the article, Tulsi Gabbard's stance on abortion is stuck in the 90s. This writer says, quote, When moderators asked what candidates would do to stop the recent wave of abortion bans if elected president, Gabbard responded by referencing a, f referencing a phrase first popularized by the Clintons in 1996. I agree with Hillary Clinton on one thing. In the 1990s, when Bill Clinton was president and she said abortion should be safe, legal, and rare, I think she's correct, Gabbard said. But that phrase, safe, legal, and rare, was questionable even back when the Clintons first used it to describe the Democratic oops, sorry, Party's position on abortion in the 1990s. The phrase marked a significant departure from earlier rallying cries like abortion on demand without apology that once prevailed among pro-choice supporters. Katha Pollitt, the author of a 2014 book, Pro-Reclaiming Abortion Rights, has described the Clintons' decision as a moment that helped usher in the awfulization of abortion, by which she meant referring to abortion as something regrettable, unfortunate, and to be avoided at all costs. I cannot think of a less compelling way to advocate for something than saying that it should be rare, um, said Amelia 
Bono, the co-founder of Shout Your Abortion, lovely, lovely yes. group of people and campaign there, a platform for abortion storytelling. And anyone who uses that phrase is operating from the assumption that abortion is a bad thing. Gabbard added that she would also ensure that abortion is not an option in the third trimester, giving into anti-choice fear-mongering around so-called late-term abortions, right? So I don't care if you're pro-choice or pro-life, something everyone should have common ground for is that abortion should be rare, right? Even if it is legal, it should be rare. And, you know, there are a lot of pro-choice people who watch our show and they say that, you know, they look at kind of how far the fringes have gone with things like um, shout your abortion or late-term abortion. And they're like, no, that that doesn't describe me, which kind of sounds like it's exactly Tulsi Gabbard. But here we're, we have people saying, actually, like, you can't think that abortion should be rare because that means that it should be, like, avoided which is such a messed up way to think about it. Because even if you are pro-choice, you shouldn't want abortions because at the very least, that means someone has an unplanned pregnancy, which is not a good thing. No, there's, like, a, there's a million reasons why yeah. that, are, that are beyond just the, the ethical consideration of the child's life. It's not healthy for the women to be doing that in the first no, place, right? Yeah. There's, there's nothing to be celebrated. And it should never be considered con like contraception. No, like, no it's, so. it's, it, I feel like they only hold that position, the shout your abortion people, to, to just be like, no, screw you people that say you shouldn't have abortions at all, yeah. right? I feel like that's just all that they're doing is just saying, well, all abortion's good. Yeah, all abortion, all the time, always good. And you can. And what's, what's frustrating is that because we've seen in the pro-life movement, there are women who themselves have had abortions in the past and they want to be able to talk about, hey, I wasn't prepared for how this affected me emotionally. If you are going through this, you're not alone. Oh my gosh, we have a ghost in, in the studio. That was so scary. Okay, so a bunch of stuff just fell and no one was there. We are fine so far. But anyway, um, yeah, and it's just, you, you can't have any narrative that's not pro-abortion all the time, wonderful, brave thing. And it's like, you can't even say no third trimester abortions now because that's fear-mongering. It's like, what are yeah. you supposed to do uh, with at that? At a point that medically now we can save those children's lives. Yes, exactly. Right? So. And that's what a lot of pro-life people have been saying which is like hey even if you don't want this baby you want it out of you now or even if there are cases where there's a, a pregnancy complication by the third trimester it's you can actually you know have a cesarean and remove the baby and the baby has like mostly i think it's like above 90 percent depending on when um chance of surviving so it's like there's really no rationale that should support it. But here here we go. Just pro-abortion. Doesn't matter when. It's always a good thing. Um, an another type of, and this kind of just rounds out the idea that what we're promoting is just full-on hedonism now. Obesity. So here's the article. It's absurd to think people have total control over the food they eat. Questionable, right? Mm. This, this person writes, quote, knowing that red meat, especially processed red meat, increases my absolute risk of mortality by as much as 20%, not to mention my risk for developing diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and some forms of cancer, doesn't necessarily give me the power to act on that knowledge under American capitalism. The devil. The devil. That. That's the yeah. translation, by the yeah, way. It's capitalism's fault that you're so fat. Actually, it's it's technically true because under like socialism, she'd probably be a lot probably, skinnier. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, okay, you have us that, there. That is fair. Okay. Uh, she continues, I might want to change my diet, but if I'm low income, food insecure, as more than 37 million Americans were in 2018, and I live in what the Department of Agriculture dubs a food desert, where pricier produce and whole foods might be nowhere to be found. That's not what food desert means, by the way. The uh, Department of Agriculture looked at people who lived, I think, more than uh, a certain number of miles away from a 
like from a, a grocery store. So that that definition is correct. Um, it's not a guarantee that I can. There's nothing wrong with knowing about the health risks or environmental impact of the foods we consume. Obviously, knowing things is great. But the implication, whether intentional or not, that we as individuals are fully in control of our food consumption is absurd. <laughs> like, what? Just eat less cake. I don't understand. These choices are made for us at the structural level. We might be able to expand these choices on the individual level through accumulating personal wealth, but not everyone can count on that under our current economic system, which is also by design these people are if you've seen futurama you know hedonism bot it's like that that robot that's always on a a bed lounging and it's like smearing chocolate on his bloated body that's what these people are like every sensory pleasure imaginable to the extreme like this there's no nothing's off bounds there's no form of moderation any like maybe i shouldn't like no it's do it always these people are like you know the little kid that's left unattended at a birthday party and they just go crazy. That's what these people are. And, and I, I hear a lot from people that are obese. It's it's my genetics and what have you, you know. And there are there are some valid arguments. That some outlier cases where yeah. your genetics make it much harder for you to to stay at a healthy weight. But that's not even what um, this person is talking no, about. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, I remember seeing images where it's hilarious. You have these two people talking about their genetics. Yeah. And they open up their fridge to grab a drink and just line with two liter bottles of pep of pop yeah. or cola soda, whatever you guys want to call it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, that's where I keep my genetics, right? Like, yeah. Because. Right. And like, here's the thing, like this person isn't even talking about like weight, I guess weight is the implication of it. But she's saying I'm not in control of what I eat. Like that's, she's not even, you know, obviously people have different body sizes. I'm naturally skinny. I do not deserve to be as thin as I am considering what I eat. I've been eating pancakes like literally every day. It's a problem. Um, But yeah, it's like, goodness, have some self-control. And we have the the final article I want to look at that just kind of is so representative of our culture and generation right now, and I mean that in the most negative way possible. Mm. On, a, on a side note, too, I want to say that any food deserts or um, places like L.A. where you don't have a water table that can support the population should not be a place where you can live. That's my opinion. You know, you destroy the world by transporting water to these places. Okay, I and, will say you know, that some people might also say that living as north as some Canadians do is also indicative of that because... We need to have produce flown over to us. No, we could live on our own. Come on, let's do Yeah, it. but we'd be eating like. But like the, no, seals. the point is the point is water water redistribution from water tables is more damaging than that. Yeah, no, it's capitalism though. Oh, it's, it's true. just capitalism. That's true. And Trump is why. Find, find somewhere else to live. Don't live in L.A. That's yeah. one. I mean, I think that's that's, that's a pretty good a, message, regardless of the you know, if we're talking culturally, costs, food, water, just like just don't go. It's not a nice place. Although. I will be going to Disneyland soon on an unrelated topic. That's the only good thing about it. Actually, actually, speaking of which, we will not have a live episode next week. Yes. On Wednesday. Uh, we should have announced be- that. Yes, because story. I will be in L.A. doing some special filming things, which you guys will see hopefully in not too long, but which I don't think I can announce yet. And yes, I'm being annoying, secretive content producer when I say that. Um, yeah, but here we have the final... I guess nail in the coffin of just a a platform for depravity. If you don't want to have kids, you don't have to want a career instead. So the the summary of this article is like the traditional viewpoint for women was, hey, go and have a family. And then kind of second leaning into third wave feminism was like, no, you don't need to have a family if you don't want to. You can have a career. Here's this person who I think is very representative of a lot of millennials saying, you know what? You don't have to have a career. You don't have have to have a family. Just do you just exist? You don't have to have any type of goals, personal or professional. Just hang out, 
do your yeah. thing. Which is literally, I mean, an interpretation that is literally hedonism. Yeah, Or seriously. desire satisfaction theory, whatever you want to call it. It's, you know, back back in the ancient Greek day, they would call, they would make fun of the Ep- Epicurus and those people as, and call them swines. <laughs> because that's essentially what they are. At this point, you're just a base animal looking around for yeah. whatever feels good. You know, it's, I have no relation to those people. It's almost like all kinds of, all, all kind of pursuit that is worthy of, of human attention is lost. It's lost. Right? Exactly. There's, there's nothing beyond pleasure of the now and self. Right. That's it. And you can guarantee that they are nihilists as well. Oh, basically. for sure. So. For sure. Here's what this person writes. It wasn't until this year at the age of 26 that I started to seriously consider the idea of just doing nothing. Since I was very young, I've known I didn't want kids, but in their place, I pursued an MA and a career. I don't know how much of a career you can get with an MA, but cont- anyway... Uh, Those seemed like my only choices, but at at a certain point, I started to just like my life as it was, doing enough work to earn enough money and then hanging out with the people I love and occasionally going on vacations. I like my life, and for the first time, I don't necessarily want to strive for any larger life goal. Since time immemorial, women have been pushed into having children, sidelining their own passions and work in service of the family unit. Post-war, second-wave feminism did away with some of that. Women could work, they could have a baby, they could have it all. In recent years, we've started to believe we can just want the career, to hustle and travel and wear designer suits. These developments have been important and positive for many women, but more radical, perhaps, is the idea that we can do neither. So, essentially, you're trying to defend just being a lazy sack of crap, doesn't want to do anything, doesn't want to have to work for anything, whether that's like family life, professional life, and it's like... Is this the ultimate goal of feminism? To ascend into swinehood? I, I mean, essentially. You know? And it, it's really depressing because there are a lot of people, especially like younger people, maybe people our age, who that's going to resonate for. And yeah, instead of getting right. a kick in the pants to motivate them, like maybe the old Jordan Peterson <laughs> route to try and you know, help them strive for a higher purpose, here are these people, I don't want to say like, almost a demonic force but kind of just tempting them with everything like just you don't need to do anything like all those dark urges and like sloth like yeah just go for it whatever and it's and man i could tell you that living here in canada i bet you that they are not a net positive on our economy no i would i would bet a lot of money on that yeah because it's like even like this person is saying she makes enough money to just kind of hang out i'm sure for a lot of people they're not. They're gonna want to hang out without making the money. So it's just. Well, I mean, you make enough money to hang out. You don't get taxed on that, and then you use all the medical services you want, and you get every government benefit that you can possibly reap. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you're you're just a drain. <laughs> you're just a leech. Right. Just, yeah, and it's just it's a very depressing potential future for our society. But speaking of a maybe a a different direction, kind of a which way western people we're gonna talk about kanye west and i never thought i would be holding someone like kanye west as the uh i don't know more positive potential of of a lifestyle choice but here we are i saw this crazy timeline a meme that uh i don't know a a month ago maybe or no not even a couple weeks ago where you have kanye west and taylor swift Mm -hmm. right where he's interrupting her on stage and it's like if if you were telling me that one of these people would argue for late semester, late trimester Abortion. <laughs> abortions, uh, and the other one would be, you know, uh, pushing the gospel of Jesus, yeah, you'd uh, be wrong. You, you <laughs> would probably wrong, not friend. have the right guest. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's crazy, but I'm kind of loving it. So obviously, you know, our next segment is going to be about Kanye West. This past weekend, he released his album Jesus Is King that had been through some like delays, and I think they had reworked it a couple times. Um, so we were at 
again, Politicon over this past weekend, so I was actually listening to it on the plane, and it's good. I mean, I've, I'm not a huge, huge Kanye West fan. I've, like, kind of just listened to his major singles and hits now and then, and I like them well enough, mm. but I, I, this was one of the first albums that I actually listened to it in its entirety, song by song from him. So if you haven't listened to it, we're not going to play any clips because, gosh, like copyright stuff is a nightmare when it comes to anything with music. And I think he is signed with Universal or they have the rights to it and they are the real like hammer fist people on YouTube. So if you want to listen to it, you can find it on Spotify and you can also find our show on Spotify. By the way, if you're there listening to Kanye West, give us a follow. But uh, so my favorite tracks are Salah, Follow God, Use This Gospel and On God. Those are the ones I like. There's also another track called Closed on Sunday, which is, it references Chick-fil-A, so that's like culturally relevant and people yeah. are talking about no, it. I, I will say that the lyrics of that were not, at least for that couple lines there, that was... That's uh, why I don't cool. like it as much. I like it musically, but I thought in terms of subject and lyrics, lyrics it's a bit too on the nose, yeah. you know, mentioning Chick-fil-A. That's, right. It's kind of like, well, I, I like my art to be more timeless. Man, you what know, a great ad for them, though. Now that I'm thinking about that, like that's... Yeah. Like Kanye West singing about you in in, in his, his album, which that, is isn't that one of his biggest songs too? Yeah, it's one of the right, more like popular that's... ones right now. Yeah, I mean, from all the metrics I've seen, the album is performing well. Tons of the songs are, are charting, uh, but more more than the music itself, though. I want to talk about the cultural conversation that it's since sparked. So the day that it was released, Jesus is King was trending on Twitter, and I'll just say that's not something we see all the time. And if you're someone who didn't know that it's a Kanye West album you would have clicked and been kind of confused. But even even with it just being the name of the Kanye West album, the fact that Jesus is King was trending, I think that's significant because what's interesting about all of this to me is that this is the first time in, I think, a long time we've had a genuine discussion about Christianity in the mainstream. And I, yeah. I know people are going to say, most people in the U.S. and Canada and the West, like, we're Christian, what are you talking about? Fake persecution? Like, here's the thing. Most people in the U.S., Canada, and I'm not sure about the U.K. anymore because they're more secular than I think we are in North America, but, you mm-hmm. know, most people, they're going to identify as Christian. If you ask them religious beliefs, they'll, they'll probably say some type of Christian. Um, it's you know, rapidly declining, though. Rapidly Just, declining. Yeah. So, But even of the people who do say, yeah, I'm Christian, maybe they celebrate Christmas, maybe Easter, but they're, they're not really they're not yeah, really Christian. They're, and they're culturally Christian, yeah. nominally Christian. Yeah, know. and I know some people are going to say, oh, so no true Scotsman fallacy? Like, no, that that I'm not saying someone's a good Christian or not. I'm not saying they're practicing, Christ, practicing Christian or not. Instead of asking people, are you Christian or what are, you, what are your religious beliefs? If you ask them, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe he died on the cross and was resurrected? Do you believe he died for your sins and that belief in him is the way to the Father? If you ask people those most basic questions which are i think the basic form of christianity i really think most people would ultimately say no so even people who say yeah i'm christian i sell my dad's catholic whatever if you ask people do you believe this most people would say no which i think is a better gauge than just like oh yeah you know my my family is catholic i think i was baptized whatever based on like belief no most people nowadays are not christian i'm not seeing like Again, this isn't a purity test. Oh, they're not acting Christian enough. They're not practicing enough. That's not what I mean at all. Our culture is secularly Christian, I think. Like, you know, we celebrate Christmas. We don't talk a lot about Jesus when we do, though. We celebrate Easter. 
you're probably going to see more bunnies than you do actual like crucifixes or, right. or anything like that. Um, All about the chocolate and and the gifts that you get, right? It's actually yeah. a corporate celebration. These things in and, a lot of ways. And I think uh, a sign of how secularized Chris or I guess these celebrations have become is the fact that. Christmas is a bigger deal than Easter in our culture, even though if you look at the religious significance, it's yeah. the other way around, yeah. right? I mean, Resurrection Sunday is a lot b bigger of a deal than even Christmas, but Christmas, we have all the, the presents and, you know, the the corporate whatever, buy things and give them to people. So, of course, that gets more attention, but that's not, if you look at the religious significance, how it should necessarily be. Um, you know, we also, we praise Christian charities when they're doing general social services, not so much when they're doing actual evangelizing thing. And what's different about Kanye now, and like this album and his interviews now, if you've watched any of them, I've watched him. He's done some interviews on like a, I think he spoke with Jimmy Kimmel. He was on a James Cor Corden, Corbin, the carpool karaoke guy. Mm. Anyway, he, so he, he's done some interviews now. What I love is that he's not presenting secular Christianity where he just thanks God for his award and then like it kind of shuts up about it. He's not. He's like going all in. He's talking about Jesus Christ, like resurrected king. king. He's talking about sin. And I got to say like good for him because the reason why Kanye is getting so much attention for what he's doing right now is because for the longest time, and we've talked about this on our last live, live stream, Christians as a whole have just failed to do this. Like we, we haven't done a good job of this um, because now there are a lot of Christians, I think, actually not a lot. I think a lot of people have kind of, um, accepted and embraced the the transformation he's gone through, being born again and everything. But we have some Christians who are kind of, I guess, questioning things. Like, is this genuine, this conversion? Well, is this just a phase? That That's what I would be concerned with. Not that it's genuine or not. I've, I've, I'm less concerned about that. Mm -hmm. But I am concerned with um, a history of... Oh, I wouldn't call it... I don't think erratic is the best characterization of it, but it's similar to erratic. Mm -hmm. You know, like he does... Do certain things. He had a whole MAGA phase, which I don't think he, he ever said renounced no, like that. Yeah. But he did definitely step off that. He doesn't do that anymore. Um, and I, I just don't see him as, as stable necessarily. Not like not again. I don't think that he's like erratic and crazy. Just I don't, I don't know that this is a lasting thing. And I don't know that I want to see everybody say, "Wow, Kanye is our hero now." Yeah. Only to say in, in two years for the guy to just be. You well, know, that, like, and that's the thing. I think there's a difference between appreciating what someone is doing now versus right. trying to make him the leader of your movement. Yes. And that, like, that's don't that's that. fair enough, right? But mm -hmm. but there are people who are kind of bringing up the fact that he's married to Kim Kardashian, or oh, look at his old albums. Is like. Look, if if God can use Paul like to, to bring forth his work, I think he can sure as heck use Kanye West, right? And I think for a lot of people, as much as I support being skeptic of things like that, like we can't profess to be Christians who try to evangelize when at the same time, if we see someone who's oh, actually yeah, going through yeah. the transformation, we hope everyone goes through. Like we'd be like, no, I, I reject that. Not pure enough. Not right, pure not, enough. Not yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I completely agree Exactly. And there. I think the, the re, him getting as much attention for doing what he's doing now is really just um, an indication that for so long, Christians have failed to do that. Like even if Kanye West, imperfect as he is, he's still doing something that like accomplishing something being able to shift the cultural narrative at least for a second, for a little bit, to a discussion of the gospel that Christians haven't been able to do for a long time. And I know there's there's Christians out there who have always been trying to do this and work this, and that's awesome and amazing. But I, I've seen a lot of Christians on social media who, I mean, it, it's I maybe wouldn't have even known they were Christian unless 
to hear them condemn Kanye West for not being Christian enough. And it's like, really? If he's so awful, then what does it say about you who's failed to do even like a a fraction of what he's doing? And I I think we need to, I guess, with some humility, kind of examine how we've been evangelizing and stuff like that. I mean, it's like I was saying on our, our last live stream, I'm kind of sick of the impotent defensive Christianity and Kanye West for all of his faults, at least he's doing something different. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm not saying we ordain Kanye West as some type of minister, you know, start, I don't know, appointing him head of churches or whatever, turning to him on deep philosophical or issues of dogma or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does seem like he's a changed person. I think I, I hope so. Like yeah. you, I, I would kind of maybe hope that this isn't just a phase of something that he sticks with. But if that's the case, I think we need to hope that he's, you know, got a good church around him, that he has a, a support group that he can actually like lean into for that, that can kind of encourage him. And, you know, speaking of that, um, you know, the media has been reporting that he's been living a more Christian lifestyle, right? Because I think when, when someone like Kanye West comes out as bold for the gospel as he has, it's going to like raise some eyebrows because, you know, if there has been this conversion of the heart, you would expect it to translate in a different lifestyle. I mean, he's not perfect, obviously, but it does seem like he is, trying to practice what he preaches and one of the one of the articles that has come out in regard to this has to do with how his wife kim kardashian dresses this is from people magazine interesting source for us to use but they had a good one about this Uh, kanye west responds to backlash after commenting on wife kim kardashian's sexy clothing choices says Kanye West is addressing the comments he made over Kim Kardashian West's too sexy appearance. Ahead of the release of his new album, Jesus is King, Kanye, 42, sat down for a lengthy interview with Beats Beats 1's Zane Lowe on Apple Music and opened up about everything from his spirituality and music to his troubling past. I suffer and I appreciate the suffering because we can feel a little bit of what Jesus experienced, but I suffer on social media, Kanye explained. There are other married men that I know are happy to hear me say that. I went through this transition where being a rapper, looking at all these girls and looking at my wife, like, oh, my girl needs to be just like the other girls showing their body off, he said. I didn't realize that this was affecting my soul and my spirit as someone who is married and the father of now about to be four kids. A corset is a form of underwear, he added before asking, it's hot, for who though? He later told Kim, you're my wife and it affects me when pictures are too sexy. However, Kanye's criticisms did not go over well with his wife, who slammed him for providing his input on the outfit last minute and for giving her really bad anxiety and negative energy. (laughs) Negative energy, that's a funny one. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said, you built me up to be this sexy person and confidence in all this, and just because you're on a journey and transformation doesn't mean I'm in the same spot with you, Kim told her husband. Okay, all right, okay, all right, cool, a visibly annoyed Kanye said before walking out of the room. So I think here's... It's tough because here's an example where I think we should applaud Kanye for kind of taking to heart. And obviously he's spent time thinking about this. Okay, if I do believe in God, what does that mean for like my life personally? But then it it kind of illustrates what for a lot of people is a scary reality. What happens when your spouse or your significant other is not in the same place as you in regard to your spiritual journey? Um, Since I think that was about their Met Gala outfits and... I mean, I don't know what's happening with him now, obviously, but so far, Kim Kardashian has been very supportive, at least on social media of his new music. She said that she likes that her daughter and their their kids can actually listen to her husband's music, which previously was kind of dicey. He doesn't swear on this album. Yeah, he doesn't swear on this album. Um, Yeah, and I know 
what people were upset about was the idea that he was, a lot of people saw it trying to control the way Kim Kardashian was dressing. I, I don't know. I don't think it's controversial for a husband to not want the entire world to see his wife's underwear. Um, that to me seems pretty, pretty fair. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, I, I mean, I completely agree. It, I, it would be, but I mean, at the same time, he did marry someone that has an actual pornographic film. Yeah, but okay, in defense of Kim Kardashian, even though she does have a sex tape, she still dresses sexy now, but she isn't still putting out sex tapes now. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's what they're also, doing or anything like that. I don't that, know what it, happened it's... with that. Was that something that was leaked or did they release that? I don't I am, even know. No, no, that's, yeah. that is an orchestration. The, the Kardashians, for <laughs> as much as when I see them talk and everything like that, I'm like, wow, this is, uh, this seems like the lowest level of, of conversation possible. But... I, they're marketing geniuses. Yeah, they are. I, I have to they credit are. them entirely there. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, no, I think that Kanye is right on the nose. I think that that's a tough conversation he has to have. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I don't know how their conversations go when, when it goes with to that kind of thing. But, you know, it's something that he needs to have. And probably she might be right in saying, okay, maybe don't tell me this as we're about to take a photo shoot or something Yeah, like I think that, that's you know? fair but, enough. Like, right. I, I do think that, like, those kind of conversations can happen more ahead of time to help. But I, I don't know. I do hope that... Because, again, this is the type of thing where you can admit that you're not in the same space, but I, I do hope that Kim at least sees value in, in what he's telling her. Like, yeah. I, I think it's unfair for him to say, like, because I'm here now, you need to start reading the Bible every night, coming to church every single week. I think that would be unfair. But if if he, he's trying to just trying to push her this one way, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I, I hope for the sake of their marriage and their children that she's at the very least receptive to it and can kind of... I mean, see, yeah, see merit in what he's in what he's doing. Um, mm. And I mean, I, I know a lot of people at the time said, well, he shouldn't have married her. But I, I, I think they were both at different places back then. It's been like, I think, five years that they've been together. So, I mean, it's it's like hindsight's twenty twenty. But I, I hope they do work things out for the sake of their kids, if nothing else. Um, and another story that kind of made headlines what with his new christian lifestyle which i really don't think should be that shocking again like with the kim not wanting your wife to dress sexy that's not shocking to me i I wouldn't have said that was a particularly christian thing i thought that was just normal but apparently kanye doesn't want his daughter who is north uh six years old by the way to wear makeup or crop tops i thought that would have just been a given because you're six apparently not uh this is from the huffington post Kardashian told E! News that West has forbidden their six-year-old North from wearing makeup or crop tops. North is trying to get in on the makeup, but she's being blocked heavily because her dad has stopped all makeup for her until she is a teenager, Kardashian said. It's a big discussion, a big fight in the household right now, but it is what's best. Oh, well, that's good. She seems to agree with that. Oh, at least in the face of things. I don't think she actually does, but... Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Kardashian said she and her hubby, quote, realized we didn't really want her to wear makeup at a young age, but she sees her mom putting on lipstick and lip gloss. West fashion rules don't stop there. He told an interviewer earlier this week that he doesn't allow his daughter to bear her midriff either. Why is this even a question for a six-year-old? Like, I love makeup. I often lament on more stressful days that I didn't start a makeup YouTube channel instead of a politics YouTube channel. Like, I love makeup, but it's it's not for children. And I don't no. think there's... There shouldn't be anything controversial about saying that. But maps everywhere are outraged. (laughs) How dare you try to prevent the sexualization of your six-year-old daughter? It's disgusting, Kanye. Um, So, I mean, I think if you haven't listened to the album yet, check it out. Even if you're not into the gospel, it's still, I think, pretty good music if you're a Kanye West fan. And I guess the rest of us will just kind of wait and see how his spiritual journey develops. I don't know. Um, Okay, so... 
next up we have a discussion of megan murphy so megan murphy we've actually been at events with her um we i think we've done at least two with her with the guys who organize MythCon. she she's a feminist and what some people might call a turf or trans exclusionary radical feminist but i think she and people who share the same beliefs as she does would probably describe themselves as being gender critical so what that means is that she's a feminist but she doesn't view trans women as women you know mainstream third wave feminism is of the belief that gender is what you feel, what you identify as, social construct, whatever. Gender critical feminists are not for that. Um, And this usually comes up with the issue, for example, of um, discussions on whether trans women, by virtue of nothing else besides self-identification, should have access to any and all female spaces. We're talking um, women's shelters, uh, female changing rooms, uh, women's universities, what have you. Sports, exactly. So gender critical feminists like Megan Murphy are in the minority of the feminist movement and they're usually called transphobic like there is a big tension within feminism between these two groups and so megan murphy recently had a speaking engagement at a public library in toronto and it was met with a lot of protests and people did try to shut it down so we have this article from ctv news says protests outside toronto library condemns controversial speaker says hundreds gathered outside a library in downtown Toronto Tuesday to protest an event featuring a speaker who is critical of gender identity and transgender rights. The Toronto Public Library stuck to its decision to hold the Tuesday event at its Palmerston branch despite backlash from residents and local authors. Pride Toronto, which organized its own rally Tuesday, said that it will end its relationship with TPL, meaning that it no longer hold, it will no longer hold events at its branches. Megan Murphy, who runs the website Feminist Current, has said in the past that she is concerned about the impact gender identity may have on endangering women and undermining women's rights. She's also spoken against allowing trans women into women-only spaces, arguing that some women may feel concerned due to experiences with male violence. Protesters say Murphy's view, views promote transphobia and should not be allowed to be shared inside a local public space. Gwen Banaway, a transgender author, attended and spoke at the rally Tuesday. Having a transphobic speaker at the library endangers me because, among other things, they advocate that I'm a threat to other women, she said. These statements cause people to fear trans women and act violently toward us in the public spaces. The Toronto Public Library has said it is aware that the event has caused anger and concern, but maintains it has an obligation to protect free speech. We would... We would also suggest that engaging in respectful civil discourse with people of opposing views may be a more productive strategy than abstaining from public library events, it said in a statement. Libraries have always been committed to supporting vulnerable communities by welcoming and creating space for different perspective rather than through censorship. So first off here, I want to say kudos to the library for not calling it off like that. Absolutely. I'm really impressed there. Especially in Toronto. Especially in Toronto. Um. You know, this is the same area where that whole Dave Rubin, Maxim Bernier was met with Antifa protests. So good on them for for kind of sticking up for that. Uh, I also just want to say uh, Megan Murphy actually got kicked off of Twitter for referring to, I think it's Jessica Yaniv as a male, mm. not respecting their self-identification or whatever. So that's just kind of some background on her. Um I, I don't agree with a lot of things that Megan Murphy says. Like, she is still a feminist, ultimately, and I yeah. think she's she's critical of choice feminism, which is the type of feminism that says, oh, as long as a woman is making a choice of her own volition, it's valid. Um, I, I don't think she supports that. I, I think she's also... 
she is a she's not one of the sex positive slut walk type of feminists but anyway it's what, what I'm trying to say is that I, I don't see eye to eye with Megan Murphy on everything, but I do think she makes some interesting points at the very least about gender identity and how it's being addressed nowadays. And it's too bad that we can't have this conversation, it seems, without be people being, for lack of a better word, triggered. And what's interesting is that looking at how her views have been, I guess, met with such public outcry, and even within that article itself, it says that she's against trans rights. So... Yeah. He just hearing that, not knowing anything about her, you'd think, oh, like, does she want trans people to not have any freedom of speech, to not be able to practice religion? Like, what rights exactly is she denying? And I feel like th their definition of trans rights are very different from someone like my definition of human rights. Right. They really are talking about, like, things like the bathroom issue. Yeah. Like, yeah, just are. that enough. Or, like, the pronoun issue, that enough is... Can, can get you labeled a human rights denier. It's pretty crazy. We have some tweets from social media um, that kind of encapsulate what people's problem with Megan Murphy is. This person says, the effect of Toronto Library hosting trans women are not women Murphy is that it puts the humanity of trans women up for debate. Clearly. It is not. The humanity. Yeah. Gender is no more biological than races. Okay, well, that's ironic because both of those things are biological. <laughs> um, and the thin straws of science is grasped at to rationalize the oppression of both. Hashtag take back TPL. Brat science. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I, I've never understood this. So if I were to come up to you and say, hey, I'm a unicorn, and you were, no, no, you're not. You're not denying my humanity, right? You're denying with how I self-identify which is not the same thing as denying someone's humanity. And I've, I mean, I, one of the first videos I ever made on YouTube was about the whole trans issue. And I remember at the time I had tons of like non-binary people saying I was denying their humanity. And I was like, whoa, I don't agree with what you call yourself. I don't, I do not understand how that equates to me denying your humanity. It just, that that's such hyperbole. I, I don't even know how to, how to address that. And it's like, you know, the whole idea of trans women's rights, like wanting to use whatever bathroom you feel like, that's not a human right. I'm sorry. Not being forced to wax someone's balls. That I feel is a human right. Um, I just, we're, we're working on very different definitions of what a right is. We have another one though. Andrea Horwath, who this, this tweet is, I think, relevant because she actually is a member of the NDP, which is a, another political party in Canada. So this person is at least trying to run for political office. I don't know if she was successful, but she says, a person's gender identity or gender expression is never open for debate. Transphobia and hate speech have no place in our publicly funded institutions, such as the Toronto Public Library. In our homes, workplaces, libraries, and in our hearts, trans rights are human rights. Again, yeah. whose rights are being denied by Megan Murphy? I don't know. What, what, my mind, what came to my mind from this tweet was the situation we talked about. Was it last week or, or we can have Maybe no, Trish, Trisha Paytas, right? <laughs> yeah. Who claims she is a trans man, trans man who gay is, trans man who is content with how she looks as as a female and likes to dress in a feminine way. And is only attracted to gay men. Yeah, no, a femme presenting gay trans man. Yeah. Yes, that is what Trisha Paytas identified Which as. Which is a complicated way of saying that she's straight. <laughs> yes, that's, I just that's what that comes woman. out to. But, um. <laughs> but this person would have to accept. Yeah, no, not up for it's debate. Undeniable that Trisha not Paytas is a trans man. Yeah, and what bugs me about this is this is someone who's running for office or maybe in office. I don't know. Who cares about Toronto? She says. 
Um, transphobia and hate speech have no place in our publicly funded institutions. Like, well, wait a second. This is publicly funded institution. That means that Canadians who agree with Megan Murphy are also funding these places. Are you saying that the government has a right to deem what views are acceptable in their own hall? Like that to me is not okay. I don't want to fund a government that doesn't want to allow me a place to speak in somewhere that I'm paying for. Mm-hmm. That to me is outrageous. It's very Canadian what she says. Apparently, I, I do think like this is in line perfectly with the way that uh, the Canadian government has uh, taken to viewing not only trans rights, but also the issue of free speech, which is depress- depressing, but still. And, you know, the idea that self-identity, self-identification can never be questioned. I feel like if that's the case, then gender dysphoria or transgenderism, whatever you want to call it, like that would then become the literal only mental I guess, diagnosis or condition that you can self-diagnose, right? For, for nothing else is self-identification all that matters. Not depression, um, not anxiety, bipolar, none of these things. All of these things are like, okay, you have to go see a professional. But when it comes to gender as a whole, now it's just whatever you feel. You don't need to... Because I, the way that, I guess, the trans issue used to be is that, oh yeah, it's a medical condition. Um, you have to go see someone and then, you know, you kind of diagnose or whatever. We've just kind of removed any and all qualifications for that and i think ultimately that's gonna that's gonna hurt the run-of-the-mill trans person like let's say blair white or or caitlin jenner right we have all these like non-binary people who are just like no f you i'm now the special one and it's interesting how fully trans this gender ideology has latched onto feminism because i think ultimately it's gonna hurt feminist advocacy because i mean when you think about it if feminism is supposed to be fighting for gender equality, which I don't think it does anymore, but say that it, it at least used to be, yeah. but this new trans whatever narrative says that gender is just what you feel, whatever you say it is, totally socially constructed, like those two narratives don't really fit together, right? You can't have equality between the genders if there are infinite genders and gender is changeable, malleable, whatever you feel like at the time. It's going to be really hard for them to find representation for all those genders. And yeah, it will be hard. Have you. Yeah, and then people poke fun of that. Like they're trying to instill laws where, I mean, you, you have to have like this many women by whatever. If yeah. you, I, I think in, in Iceland they've done that or some Scandinavian yeah, countries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, that doesn't really make, that makes sense as, sense as a feminist initiative. It doesn't, that makes sense as a feminist initiative. It doesn't make sense as a trans-inclusive initiative. Um, and even within the LGBT movement, there because some of these trans activists are going so far, there are LGB people, lesbian, gays, bisexuals, who are kind of saying, hang on, maybe we should separate ourselves from this. Um, because the original LGB civil rights issue was kind of just saying, hey... Let me be gay. Let me be with a It's about partner. sexual orientation. Yeah, a sexual orientation. Let me be with a partner of my choosing. Um, that's a very far cry from what LGBT activism is about now, which is usually change your language, change your bathrooms, change really everything to suit me. Like these are very yeah. different uh, aspects. And then their gender goals. identity. It's not about sexual orientation. It, yeah. it's, in their view, it's different, right? Yeah, and we actually have a, here we go, a article about this um activists are protesting a group that wants to drop the t from lgbt 
Trans solidarity groups are holding a demo against the new organization LGB Alliance, calling it out as transphobic. Last week, a new organization held its first meeting in London, named LGB Alliance. It claims to aim to refocus rights onto an LGB movement by dropping the T. Our group focuses on sexual orientation. This has become necessary because lesbians in particular, and recently gay men too, are suffering from the confusion between sex and gender, said Bev Jackson, a spokesperson for the group. Lesbian and gay men are people who are attracted to others of the same sex. I fought for their rights to be respected 50 years ago, and I am sad that I need to defend those rights again today. By virtue of its existence, the LGB Alliance suggests that you can't support LGB rights and T rights at the same time. That's absolutely That's not, not. That's not all. true yeah. at all. I mean, I support, let's say, I don't know, I support female rights like let's say to vote and i also support animal rights but that doesn't mean that unless those two things are being advocated for together that i just won't be able to do it at it, all it is indicative of their whole idea though you know if you if you support if you want to fight climate change you also have to accept socialism yeah it's right. not intersectional enough yeah um is is the problem and so the, the issue here is that i think there are a lot of let's say gay women or gay men who wouldn't want to date someone with a penis and or vagina, but with the way that things are, like there are, there is an infamous trans lesbian on YouTube named Riley Dennis, who, yeah. I mean, is biologically male and is in a relationship with a biological female, but identifies as a trans lesbian. The hardware down there is in completely biologically male. Are you, would a lesbian be bigoted for not wanting to date a trans lesbian who has not had the surgery or anything, a lot of people under this new narrative would say yes. And I I don't think people like Megan Murphy are crazy for wanting to talk about this. I'm not going to say that I agree 100% on her stance on, on trans issues because I'm afraid I don't know enough about what it entails. But it's really shocking to me that saying men are men, women are women is this controversial in this day and age. Um, and I think with that, we will, I did not expect to go on so long about the sex with bugs, but we, I, we will get to the Q and A now, I guess, yeah. I guess I have a lot of feelings about it. So <laughs> the, the first one we're going to address is from Jacob Carter, who says, Wexit when, for anyone who doesn't know, Wexit stands, I think for West Canada, Western Canada exit, it's the separatist movement, uh, especially in Alberta. And I think a bit Saskatchewan and Manitoba, um, I think, I don't know. but yeah, I am completely in support of balkanization i fully support quebec separating from the rest of canada alberta everybody i i think it's very unfair for alberta who is a which is a, a very conservative province and a very wealthy province to not only not have a federal government that represents them because i don't think any, really anybody or any ridings in alberta voted for a liberal government but they also no, have to yeah send a bunch of money to Quebec, which is where we live and where, where we're from. Yeah, it's, so, it's tragic. I mean, it's sad because, like, I am, like, a diehard Canadian patriot. I really do love this country. But mm -hmm. at the same time, see, I think that, that last election was, like, hurt. that's, like, what? Okay, is this country even what it was? No. You know, that's the sad thing is, you know, you have to. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the difference between because you just called yourself a patriot. I don't think I'm especially patriotic. I, I really don't. I don't, not that I don't think it's a good quality, but I, I don't see myself as very patriotic. I am hardcore nationalist though, 100%. And I feel like we're at a point where, you know, separating is not a good thing for like the idea of Canada as a whole. But if we look at what's best for individual Canadian citizens, 
I, I do think this would benefit Alberta. I do think it would at least allow people in Quebec to be able to, you know, implement whatever laws they want. So I'm very much in support of it. I don't know how likely it is to happen. Yeah, abysmal, I think. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. I think there's a, there's a lot of really angry Albertans out there. Ib Queefen says, will you guys call me by a cool hip hop yet fart nickname from now on, like Fab Five Farty or the Notorious F-A-R-T? I'd really like that. So... If you've not caught our Q&As before, I be queefing. A regular donator. Regular donator. Every episode, thank Exacts you so much, man. a pound of flesh with every uh, yeah, donation, but, but, but thank you. It's entertaining. Yeah, flatulent related. Actually, you know what? I'm going to start reading these before I read them out because usually we cut these out, so I don't have to worry That's as true. much. Yeah, but I mean, we had, listen, we had a segment on having sex with bugs. That's true. I think that... Yeah. So Kevin G says, Canadian minority government, good thing or bad with the NDP slash bloc being kingmakers and the future of the PPC party. So it depends on good thing or bad. Uh, right now, I think the government is very bad for the country. I mean, we're spiraling into debt. We're o opening the floodgates to migrants. I mean, it's, it's very bad for national unity. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the NDP's fault. Block kind of, yeah, if you're not familiar with Canadian politics, they are a separatist party, so I don't think they're yeah. any fan of unity. But I think no. this is, like, we get the government we deserve. Canadians voted for this. We deserve what's going to happen. And it's it's unfortunate, but it, it is what it is. Okay, yeah, I'll read that. Jacob Carter says, if you have a degenerate kink, you should be kink-shamed off the internet. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against shaming people for things like having sex with bugs. I think this idea that... Whatever you do and you're happy, it's all good self-love. I think that's gone too far. We need we need to put up some taboos back, bring a little bit more shame into the culture. Modern yeah. Machiavelli says, can we see the pajamas? What do you think? There's nothing wrong with these. I don't know how, to, like, okay, so they're fuzzy. They're pink. And I'll, I'll give you guys just yeah. a little secret tip. Um, Not once when I film these videos am I wearing proper... It's like true. Bottom. This is it a contentious is always, issue. Yeah, it is between this us. It's like a contentious issue. I, I've got I've got proper slacks on right now. Or well, that's different. You have to come here. I don't have to leave to film. It's, it's a matter of principle. I, I would it's still not. get I would still get ready. Who, if it, who hangs out in their own home in regular pants like a psychopath? Uh, Nobody. Like that's insane. That is insane. Sorry, that's what you're marrying. No, I like who would just like hang out at your home office wearing jeans. That's not a normal thing to do. I'm so comfortable right now. I wouldn't change it. Okay, here we go. Exploding Prinny says, first Vice wanted us to eat the bugs. Now they want us to sleep with the bugs. Are we marrying the bug bugs next, dude? Hashtag our love is real. I mean, okay. First off, I will say I'm not against eating the bugs. I, I would never do it. I mean, listen, if you want to eat bugs, be my guest. I don't think it's but. the... There are genuine pros to eating bugs. It's sustainable, yes. high in protein, low in fat. Apparently, there are some ways to make it... Okay, eat some bugs. Okay. I mean, be my guest. Eat some bugs. I mean, I, I will I will stick to eating bigger animals. Okay. You can you can have your, your crickets. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the eating bugs, but I think we've already seen stuff like women marrying themselves. There have been articles on that. Women like actually have whole ceremonies about where they marry themselves because no, that's self up. That's deep. I mean self self not oh my gosh. Self, self love, love <laughs> empowerment. It's just it's really cringy and very sad. But yeah, I mean absolutely. I can see that same guy in maybe like three years saying like yeah i'm marrying this canister of worms it shows me a good time i think we'll be happy together yeah, i was thinking like that guy in the video like his local fisherman fishery whatever you call it where they sell those cans of worms yeah. 
They must always be low on stock and wondering, like, what? What's this happening? guy is catching so many fish. This got to be illegal. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't even know. Like, I must, like, I feel like maybe this guy, he's he's gone through so many worms. It must just make more economic sense to just raise the worms yourself, right? Like, you're, I mean, yeah. you're a worm farmer and a worm fornicator. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of messed up, though, because then you're, like, you're defiling entire generations of worms, <laughs> which I don't I don't know if that's worse. This, than, is, this, is, this yeah, is, this, goodness, yeah, okay. too dark. TrueX2020 says, so uh, you guys are both sexy, no homo, Liam. No homo taken. Yeah, Don't worry. super straight. I Thank watch you. a lot of, uh, Lauren was making fun of me for watching <laughs> too many bro YouTube videos today. He does. He, he watches a lot of workout videos. It's like you go on his YouTube home screen and there's just like shirtless guys like trying to give tips about how to be more vascular. It's yeah. very strange. <laughs> very, very different from what I watch. It's good. Um, there, but there, those are some excellent memes on there too. They're, those are great channels, honestly. Modern Machiavelli says we should criminalize leftism as conspiracy, FFS. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I've said similar things about, I mean, conspiracy theories in general and the left, and it, it's not been met well. Like, I, I do think that the whole idea that there is, let's say, a patriarchal, patriarchal effort to keep women down is somewhat of a conspiracy theory, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they mean that it's actually... Like a group of old men, like meet up uh, by a fireplace smoking cigars, and they're like, "All right, no, let's I think it's the not. Ramen. There's a group of men. It's like all men Simplicit, are doing yeah, it, I mean, which I don't think makes it less of a conspiracy. I think you're right. Technically, it is a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Um. Da, da, da. And Brad's Pitt says, "IMO analytic versus continental oh, philosophy yeah, is the source of divide slash faith decline, conscious level or not." JP said to get our rooms in order. More specifically, I think modernity is demanding us to get our metaphysics in order. So you are the philosophy studier between us, so um, I will let you address that. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. I, but I, I, at the same time, I, I don't know how many people actually think about the nature of metaphysics and, and what they actually think is, you know, Probably not at happening. all. Not many people actually get that stuff in order, and, and it's, it's very hard to, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I do agree that without getting your metaphysics in order or even deciding if there is a metaphysics at all i don't know how you could i don't know how you could have most discussions rationally so i would agree if we actually came to uh, acceptable conclusions uh, about metaphysical propositions then then you could then we could we would have a lot more constructive debates but i don't i don't see that as happening well i think there there was that whole jordan peterson versus sam harris debate yeah and they couldn't get and past they couldn't the get, get past what is truth so. right and, i mean that's a, that is a, a yeah. hard question but that's that's what they all are like they're all they're all very tough and then you know if you don't believe in meta and if you don't believe in metaphysics and or if you don't believe in free will then how do you how do you justify morality and then it's like everything goes out the window there well i think so. that you i mean you and i have had very very long conversations about free will um yeah yeah but i think even if you don't believe in free will the idea of like someone like me who does believe in predestination it, it, it's not that you don't believe in free will is just that everything is predestined like you know I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting into that conversation yeah, we don't need to talk about calvinism versus like yeah it's it's fine um so okay i think i can read this one it's a, it's a i guess a double entendre but it's technically not a swear modern machiavelli says guy fox as in the figure guy fox bugs in jars i i appreciate that that's good yeah Luke Slivkoff says, careful when you're in L.A. roaming. It's on fire right now. When is it not, though? Also, make degeneracy shameful again. 
thank you. I, I will be careful. I'll just be in and out. I'll only be there for, I think, two days. And uh, I don't know if you guys follow Dave Rubin or Tucker Carlson, but he was recently on Tucker Carlson. And he made a point in criticizing their, the LA, or at least the, some sort of California fire department has made this big push for more inclusive firefighters or something like that. Um, it seems that they've sort of dropped the ball on their actual job, which is fighting fires, though. Hmm which may be contributing to their predicament right now a little bit. And uh, Anna Navarro completely laid into Dave Rubin on it. He called, she called him like homophobic and sexist as if it's homophobic and sexist to say, Hey, if you're a fire department, maybe you just focus on fighting the fires. Uh, Top dog eight, seven, six, two says, yes, please. More discussion on Christianity and less about bug sex. Have fun in Disneyland. Oh, wow. Thank you. Not that all of them weren't terrific. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, thank you for everybody and who does this, but it's funny because we've done controversial videos. I mean, we've had Stefan Molyneux for an interview, Alex Jones. Um, you know, we've talked about changing demographics and all of that. One of the most controversial videos I've ever done was actually having Girl Defined on as, yeah, as an interview, yeah. which is so... I mean, actually, you guys, my audience liked it fine, but I think like it got shared somewhere with atheists who really, really don't like them. But I just... I think it's so funny because they're painted as like these Christian radicals. But if you go to, I mean, any church, youth group or whatever... They are like completely run of the mill, very, very mainstream. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, what I would say to that is that there is a, you know, this is a channel that we're, we're not just talking about Christianity all the time. It is, yeah, it is yeah. one of our focus, but at the same time, part of the, part of the, the, the aim of the episode today was to kind of, uh, you could see it in the thumbnail, you know, it's like there's, there's, there's two, two paths, which way Western yeah. and mm-hmm. even Sargon of Akkad who I, I know you guys are watching because he's amazing. He did a video about kind of Kanye's transformation. thing is like, even if you're not a Christian yourself, it's really hard to argue the kinds of lifestyle choices or changes that Kanye is making, right? This is a move toward, I think, a more wholesome future. Yeah. And you don't need to be a Christian to say, hey, maybe we put down the jar of bugs and, and, and we start doing other things, more wholesome things, right? And I think, you know, I, I'm not saying that it's kind of, Either or, there are tons of people who live in between those things, but I think we just need to start shifting a little bit, a little bit more away from the bugs. Joey Jojo says, 2019 is weird. I would never have thought I would agree with Kanye West and Kim K. What an interesting time. I hope he and her stay on this path. God bless. Yeah, I mean, I do hope that. And I, I don't no. just hope that because, you know, it's, it's what I want, but I hope that as people, they're genuinely kind of being good parents and being happy together because... Right, there are four kids in this equation that I, I really hope it uh, works out for. I think for. that marriage rates normally in, in that environment are not very good in, in terms yeah. of the Hollywood celebrity kind of... Uh, oh, exactly. Really Hollywood, and it's, it's so sad because I feel like every other day on Twitter, there's some sort of announcement for a new celebrity divorce. Yeah. And a lot of the times I don't even know the celebrity, but it, like, it doesn't surprise me anymore because it's no, like, oh no. yeah, of course. It's the, it's the standard. And, and you know what? I also, I really sympathize with um, Kanye and, and Kim uh, having to raise a ch- children in in the environment that they are in, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, raising children that are are as rich as they are going to be, that's a challenge right away to teach them good values. I think the highest suicide rate is amongst um, 
people that inherit large amounts of money. I wouldn't be surprised, um, yeah. And then just but trying think, to maintain their values. And she already wants to wear lipstick at the age of six. It's like, you yeah. know, oh, it's I mean, always going to be a battle. To be fair, though, like that is pretty normal for a little girl. Yeah, I mean, I remember true. watching my mom put on makeup. I always wanted to. And then at some point in their lives, little girls or even little boys will get into their mother's makeup and make themselves just look like clowns. I, I don't think that's bad. But I'm not like totally up to date on my Kim K uh, trivia, but I do think they actually bought land somewhere in like Wyoming or something, middle America hmm. to sort of get away from things or I'm, I'm not sure though, but if like, if I were a Hollywood celebrity and I actually had a family, the first thing I would do would be to leave LA yeah. and try to get somewhere more, more wholesome for my kids. Um, Quinn McKillis says, as a Canadian studying in Boston, I really love your show and your Canadian political commentary. Please keep talking about Canada. I'm a huge fan. Well, thank you. And I, I'm not a fan of cities, but I think I've mentioned, at least on social media, that Boston is probably my favorite American city. Yeah. Like Boston and parts of D.C. are number one. Um, I think we're all up to date there. So thank you guys so much for the, the generosity. Really appreciate it. And again, you know, you can subscribe to us, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Really mm -hmm. appreciate it. And I think that's it for now. And we'll see you next week. Right? Well... Not no. Wednesday. Oh, no, no, I won't see you next week. Well, no we'll show see you next. Saturday. Yeah, we will see you Saturday. Take care.